Hello and welcome to the Pain Cave. My name is Jay Friedman. I am your host and I am very excited to be joined as always by my co-host and partner in crime. He is the Fulham Flyer. He is the Shawangunk Express. He is the Addy Bracy to my Addy Joss. Phil Vondra, welcome back to the Pain Cave. So good to be back. I, I got to say, Phil, I'm, I'm a little disappointed. You live two miles away. We have done very few of these since, you know, our little quarantine has been lifted in our corner of the world. We've done very few of these in, port, in person. And you've informed me recently that it's because you would rather get drunk at home when we do this than be at my house and do this in person. Well, you know, I do love being in the cave with you, but, you know, like just kind of having, you know, to only walk 20 feet to my beer fridge, it's, it's too tempting. There's a beer fridge right here. I'm looking at it right now. Well, why don't you come over to my place? Because there's a lot there of equipment go. and a lot of wires, and we just went through this, how every time we do this stupid show, I, I forget where the wires go, and I forget how many things have to get plugged into where. So I can't imagine that gets any easier when I lug it all over to your house with its 1870s wiring and all. Okay. <laughs> 1870s? We don't even have wiring. What are you talking about? <laughs> we are, Phil, we are super, super psyched to have a, a, a mainstay of the East Coast Trail and ultra running scene on the show today. Uh, he is, we, we made his acquaintance this year when we were down in Virginia for his signature race, the Yeti 100, which has quickly become one of our favorite races. And we wanted to have him on to talk about everything going on in the world of ultra running and especially on the East Coast and, and, uh, in, and the community that he's built down there. Uh, please welcome to the Pain Cave from the great state of Virginia and the founding member of the Yeti Trail Runners, Jason Green. Jason, welcome to the Pain Cave. Yeah, thanks for so much for having me on, guys. <laughs> we are we are very very psyched to have you. We are we we can't wait to get into it. We're we're you have the green light to uh, let the let let the the f bombs fly, and uh, we're we're gonna have a lot of fun. But before we get started, Phil, what are we drinking tonight? So tonight I've gone with a local beer. I'm going with the an industrial arts torque wrench. Nice. It comes in at about fifty percent alcohol. Fifty. Uh, so yeah. So, no, it's a double IPA. It's like 8%. But. Uh, industri- yeah. I, I almost grabbed an industrial arts out of the fridge as well. I also went local with a Sloop uh, Juice Bomb. So, and Jason, what are, you, what are you drinking here? So, I'm drinking uh, Three Taverns and, uh, from Atlanta, and it's a collaboration with uh, Mastodon, one of the best fucking metal bands uh, playing today. And it's called Tear Drinker. It's a hazy IPA. Nice. All right. Cheers. Cheers. That sounds amazing. I just got beer on my keyboard. That's probably not good. Oh, no. Tech problems. Um, okay. So, Jason, uh, we always have a beer on the show, and oftentimes more than one. But in honor of your appearance tonight, also, Phil has a special treat for you. Phil, why don't you, uh, why don't you fill him in there? Well, I figured it wouldn't be right to have you on and uh, not have some fireball with us. I, I love was, it. Uh, <laughs> you know, it was the only way to do a podcast. So I think we do an initial toast. In Jason's honor. There we go. Cheers. Skull. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Oh, it's so good. And I just want to let you guys know that, that I, tonight I have broken my fireball virginity. Oh, that was that your first my, one? My <laughs> oh, my God. So, uh, yeah. Cheers. The day when I came home, someone had left uh, 25 days of fireball, like where I poked through... <laughs> Like I, an advent I'm calendar? scared of watching each box. <laughs> oh, I could you not. This thing is, is incredible looking. Excellent. All right. So we have... <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't get us a ton of Fireball. Yeah, I love cinnamon. I love whiskey. What could go wrong? You didn't get us a ton of Fireball, Phil, so this hopefully won't go too off the rails. But we, are, we, we will play a, a Jason Green drinking game. Jason, every time you drop an F-bomb, Phil and I will do at least a, a part of a shot of Fireball. So we'll see how far oh. we make it into this pod. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've uh, I pulled up my mattress here next to my chair. So <laughs> <out>. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm being gaslighted <laughs> to curse. <laughs> oh, <shit>. No, <laughs> no, knows. it's all justified. Don't don't go out of your way or anything like that. We're, I'll be perfectly happy not to have to drink any more of it. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's let's get started. As if as if that wasn't intro enough. 
So, Jason, tell us tell us a little bit for for our audience out there and for for us too. Um, you know, how how did you get into this crazy sport? Because you know, a lot of a lot of us come from you know a high school or a collegiate running background or other endurance sports. What, what's your story about how you kind of got into this it, weird neck of the woods? Yeah, I ran you know cross country from seventh grade through high school and then gave it up. I was more into whitewater boating and skateboarding all my life and. Um, uh, I tell you the truth, I didn't give running much thought. And one time I was at a, I tell people it's, uh, I was showed up at my appoint, annual appointment at my physician's office and I opened up a magazine and there was an article about someone running 50 miles through in the woods. And I was like, oh, that's a bunch of bullshit, right? <laughs> and so in a matter of 20 minutes between reading that article and making it back to see my physician, I walked in and said, when he walked in, I was like, uh, do you think I could run 50 miles? <laughs> and he was like, I, I don't, I think that takes a lot of training. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. So <laughs> I left and I, I seriously, I stopped at target and bought like some shorts, some running shoes and a shirt. And <laughs> the next day I just took off into the woods. Cause I lived on uh, state park in Atlanta. Right. And, um, I thought I was just going to be able to run like I did when I was 15, right? Like, like that shit was still in my brain. I made a half a mile and had to turn around puffing and puffing, walking home. But uh, 11 months later, I ran a 50 mile race. The closest one at the time was in Mississippi. So I ran it, uh, went there and ran a 50 mile race as my first ultra in 10 hours and 44 minutes, probably. <laughs> so it's not bad. <laughs> so um, it truly, uh, ultra running uh, found me just like skateboarding did. And, um, you know, like I tell people, uh, it, it was like one of those things I had no choice but to do it. Uh, uh, it's, it's very strange. I remember when I was in um, junior high, my friend was moving out of town. And uh, my mom was like, you should walk over and say goodbye. So I walked a few blocks over and uh, they had already moved. But the guy, he had left a skateboard in the yard. And they were like these real, this really rich-ass family in Appalachia, right? And it was like this like $125 like Sim skateboard. I just took that shit and never stepped <laughs> off of it. You know what I mean? So <laughs> he had already moved. And uh, that it, and ultra running does the same thing as skateboarding. It, it just fulfills this thing that I have to do. Um, I have no real choice. I have no real thought on it it's just something that makes me light up inside right yeah it gives me the fr both give me this freedom of, of discovery how and, and both giving me both give me the real opportunity to just fall right on my fucking ass <laughs> <laughs> so. all right there we go <laughs> so how did you decide to make this into a career so i did not and uh I still work in the booze business. I worked in the booze business for about uh, 18 years now. So um, I lived on a, like I said, a state park and I'd run a few ultras and uh, like maybe, and they just sucked. Like they were <laughs> back then they were only about if you won. Right. Right. So I was like, man, I, I don't. And also the people running ultras, uh, were much different than I was. And uh, like, there's this tattooed punk rock dude. It's aggressive. And, you know, like, uh, I just didn't quite fit in. And I truly just kind of put out this kind of call and um, create a Facebook group maybe in 2011. And people joined and people started coming to my house. And it's like, oh, wow. So, there is this group of people who just want to run, who don't really care about first place, last place, middle of the pack, you know, that also like listen to really awesome music and like, <laughs> you know, uh, really forward thinking. And, and that's how it started. And I worked, uh, I worked for a distributor, so I have access to the best craft beer in the country. Mm -hmm. So we started having runs at my home, like uh, uh, Yeti spaghetti, We'd have night races and, you know, the breweries all sponsored the, you know, they didn't care. Like, you know, at, at the, you have to think about the time. No one was really buying craft 
Pierre so much back then, right? Not right. like now. So, right. and and it just we treated people like I wanted to be treated. I tell people all the time. I have this. I wrote. I used to put on skateboard contests when I was 12, 13 years old, behind a Chevron, <laughs> and I like wrote. My, my mother convinced me to kind of write some rules about what I want out of a skateboard contest. Right. And so I did. And I believe it or not, I still have the sheet of paper of rules to my 13 year old self. And I put on Yeti races. Like I do skateboard contests when I was 13. This is why we don't have sponsors and uh, things like that. As I, I stay true to my 13 year old self and think, you know, we have to, it keeps me in the right direction and it keeps us focused on the people who run the race. So, what? and it like a, it just snowballed. And now here we are and where people have tattoos and it's a cult and it's, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, one of the things you, you're struck by when you come down for, for one of your races is just this community, which is right. Like you say, it's, it's like a cult, but it, it's like the friendliest, most fun cult ever. What what are some of these rules? Like, what what what's the what's the see if you can describe through the rules maybe that like the ethos of the group or of the community so, that you built. You know, at the time, like this is kind of before, like you know, it's it's you know, like you know, stay true. You're right to the to the purpose of a you know, like, and at the time, you know, if you went to a skate port, like a skate park, and there was some guy doing a five forty. Uh, he didn't really win the day. It could be somebody who just learned to drop in that day. He spent three hours learning to drop in a ramp. And I try to take all that ethos to ultra. And this is really, you know, what I do. I don't, I'm not going to read down like all these, but you know, some of them are pretty peculiar and uh, you know, and <laughs> I still make flyers for every race. People might not know that. <laughs> so, you know, uh, um, it, it's on the list, you know, and, and I just try you know, at the time, skateboarding is changing with sponsors and big corporations are entering the uh, sport of skateboarding. And I was solely against that as I wanted to stay, you know, a very passion uh, sport. So and this is why I think uh, uh, if we're in charge of our own boat, like everyone that runs the race gets a say in it. Right. And, you know, I do some people do you not get a backpack because you, we don't have a sponsor? Yes, but you get a damn skateboard, right? Like, <laughs> Best thing so, ever. <clears throat> I oh. came home and one of my kids just took that straight away. <laughs> she was like, we've got to go to the skateboard shop and get some trucks and wheels put on. And I'm like, you can, you can definitely do that. It was, I was so excited. And, and we, I don't do any of those. I just, I truly operate on feel, right? And I, I, you, you know, celebrate everyone. If you show up and you only make it a mile, trust me, I've been there. Right. Like, and I, it takes a lot of guts to be at that starting line. And, and as a, as an ultra runner, I know that. And uh, I just, I just want to have a place where people can come and they can be themselves and they can let this passion out. Right. And not have a lot of distractions around them. So, um, and and hopefully I, I feel like people feel that when they come to the race. And they also feel when they come to these races that I'm very proud of Appalachia and where I grew up and, and uh, all the people there. And, um, you know, I, I, I do just love that so many people travel to that little place in Virginia and, and cause all we're left with is tourism. Right. And, and the manufacturing left long ago. Right. And I don't think people understand when they come run the race and they bring the crew and five family members, this has tremendous impact on the community, right? And on the businesses there and, and all these independent um, business owners, just like me. And, you know, we should always support that. And so it, it means a lot to me and it means a hell of a lot to my family. And uh, they sure love my grandmother when she was alive and my mom, they all get, a huge kick out of it you know that who knew people from 35 states and four countries would come to virginia right, <laughs> right? our little slice of heaven so they they get such a and no matter what i do in my life uh i could cure cancer tomorrow they would be most proud that 
I that people come to run the race. And, and that makes me my heart swell up. Yeah, that's part of the sense of community that you get. I mean, we're, we talk about the community and it's definitely like the group, like when, you know, just at race check-in, like everyone's, you know, wearing their, their you know, Yeti trail running cult shirts. And, you know, it's, I mean, the group that you have there is just fantastic. But then, right, it, during the race day itself, and we're talking specifically about the Yeti 100, which I guess is like your, your flagship race among many that you put on, you know, as you're passing through uh, like Damascus, you know, people are out, like just people not even affiliated with the race. Like this is a big deal to the whole town. Um, and yeah. you, you really, you really get that sense, even I think more so than, than other kind of community based trail races that we've been at. Just, I, I don't know if it's just because it goes through town or like you say, just the boost that tourism gets. I mean, it's not, it's not like you're going to a state park or a national park and you're kind of at a, at a remove from everything else that's going on. It, it really is, it, yeah. it really is part of like the community for that week and that weekend. And, and you really do feel that it's very, very cool. Yeah, I, I love it. And it's all, and you know, I, when I first put this race on uh, and I asked people about it, they were like, how will people come to your race? You know, and this is uh, eight, nine years ago. Like there's no major airport and like, you know, there was, a, and I was like, I don't know, like we'll figure <laughs> that out later. Right. Like, you know, it, it felt like the right thing to do from, from where I grew up and, and um, it, uh, believe it or not, on that trail was the first place I'd ever achieved ultra distance. And I was like 12 years old and my folks dropped me off at White Top where the race started. And I was going to do an overnight backpacking trip by solo. So, Oh, my God. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, this is different time, different era, right? <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So um, <clears throat> at the time, the trail is much different. It's It's much more... <laughs> defined and combed <laughs> like it, you know then it was it, it was in disre disrepair and uh so i started walking and i ended up at in abington you know 33 miles in the same day right i just walked the whole damn trail you know and at the time you know there wasn't cell phones so i had to keep walking to a pay phone <laughs> and then my parents were home and they, they couldn't afford a damn answering machine so i had to like keep coming back so <laughs> You know, it's it's really and and when I started putting down the ultras, I always thought about coming back to this place, right, and, and doing one there, and and when I approached the Forest Service, they were just like, no way, like people are just going to fall over and die, and you know <laughs> what I mean. And I was like, you know, yeah. So it, it took, you know, probably about a year of convincing, and then. You know, I rallied some support from the towns, uh, you know, the Forest Service. And then once it came uh, and then everyone met people who came, like they really rejoice in, in, in people coming. Yeah. So and and they realize it's it's a, a bunch of great people, you know, um, who fit right in in Appalachia, you know. So, yeah, yeah. Very cool. Um you know, one of the things I think that we enjoyed the, uh, you know, among the most of, of, of our weekend down there with you guys in September was we were able to uh, come back and, and be there for the golden hour, really more like an hour and a half and really see the, you know, the last group come in. And, you know, we had to turn down the, uh, you know, the jello shots and all because we were driving back to New York. But, um, you know, it was it was really special to see the support that that the community brought out again, that the town as a whole the race community, uh, you know, that, that you've built and, and the cult, as we say, to, to, to cheer those last runners in. Um, tell us a little bit about, about our, your last finisher, because this is, this is a great story. And, and watching you, I mean, you had a, a, a smile and a hug for basically every finisher that came in from, you know, midnight until 10 a.m. or whatever time it was or noon. But uh, <laughs> when, when Tom came in, that was the, the most excited I saw you all day. And tell, tell us a little bit well, about that. So first of all, excited that the shit was over. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't think people know that. So just at the finish line, I usually end up walking about eight and a half miles in that little area. Wow. Between the first and last finisher and setting it up. But, you know, I, Thomas Green, uh, Tom, represents ultra running to me. He was the first person to ever complete the Grand Slam of ultra running. Uh, happened to be at Western States one year and watch him finish DFL there. <laughs> and 
to me, he, you look at him and you see, you know, how does this person going to make a hundred miles? Right. But what we all can't see is, is what he possesses the most of is, is just grit, right? Pure grit. Yeah. And, and so when I see Tom and I see Tom finish, it, it does, it, it fills me up inside that, you know, this is ultra running. He is ultra running, right? Like he is just operating on pure heart and grit, right? Like, and to me, it gives, it gives me hope. And uh, 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 for my own, when I'm running myself, that I think about his finishes and I think about some other people's finishes and, and it drives me like, you know, I was just a javelina and my dick was in the dirt. I was hurt bad, right? <laughs> like I was like Frankenstein walking, you know, feeling all sorry that? for myself right and uh, <laughs> and i draw these things i'm like would tom what would tom do and tom would just push on right and so that's what i did and i just got over my sorry self and and kept moving forward and no matter how many races i run um you know ultras i i still you, you know this is what comes to mind this is anyone i see at the finish or start line i know it takes a lot of courage and grit and that's what i want to preserve in ultra running is the spirit of it all and 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 being fast or slow has nothing to do with, with those things yeah, um, yeah and I, I always crazy. tell people i feel so sorry for the person that wins the yeti 100 because yeah. it's just me and them in the dark so it's pretty it's pretty funny so you know it's a it's a very intimate um place and um i was this year was very stoked to see a local um uh person amy just win it outright and just crush it all day right and just so um, happy when she was running oh i have to tell you i mean finally you know like <laughs> but she ran the 50 miler there and I knew at the 50 miler, she was going to be a for force to reckon with. She looked so much different this year and looked very happy and, and he made running look very easy. So I was happy for her to get the overall win. And I thought that was spectacular. Yeah, she, and, she was amazing. I, she was high-fiving us I, on the way by and it was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. She made my damn mama cry. You know, usually <laughs> I don't put up yeah. with that, but you know, <laughs> so my mom was overjoyed. I mean, you know, uh, so I, you know, it, it was very special for all of us. So she had a strong high five as well. I mean, it wasn't like a weak one when you were past <laughs> no, it. it was like, boom. No. I was like, wow, she's got some energy in her. She's yes. flying. <laughs> yeah, she is so awesome. So cool. And the most humble person I know. So that's awesome. Yeah, that's fantastic. Jason, you were talking a little bit about, right, how you guys don't have sponsors and, and, you know, that's allowed you to keep, a you know, certainly a kind of a down home feel a little bit, you know, a big topic in, in the sport today is, is, you know, with the, the growth of the sport, the, the infusion of, of money and commercialization and commoditization of the sport, you know, what's going on with UTMB, Ironman and how, you know, consolidation is affecting different races, you know, what this means for, for elite athletes, what this means for mid packers, back of the packers, what, you know, what are your thoughts on, on this? Like where, where do, where do, What's the role of, I guess, community races kind of as the sport, you know, moves into, I guess, its next phase of evolution? Does your role as a race director change? You know, have, uh, have you thought at all about, like, what's out there in terms of because, you know, there aren't that many races in North America or in the U.S. that, you know, can accommodate this sort of kind of commercial appeal or success. And, and, and honestly, yours, yours might be one of them. Um, does that it's, appeal to you at all or anything? No, my, yeah. my fun meter is, uh, people always ask, you know, like some years, you know, a few thousand people want to be in the race. Right. Right. And people are like, why don't you just take them? It'd be so much better for the town. And I'm like, it really would not be, we would lose the feel. And, and, and I am committed in ultrani and to, I, I also, every year run a race that's 25 years or older ultra race to keep those races going. Right. And we, we owe it to, our, to people have to have an intro into our community. Right. If you just show up and run Iger 
ex Verbier or UTMB or CCC, uh, would you maybe you just won't stick around? I don't know, right? Right. Community races, you know, we we have to have them we, because when everything becomes commercialized, I feel like we lose the community, and right. that's that's a period, you know. And uh, was I sad? Um, that UTMB got bought. Absolutely. Um, I was ha- very luck- happy to hear that, you know, they left everyone in charge and, and that's the way it's going to be uh, because there's some great folks that put on UTMB. <laughs> but, but one thing is, is I guess a lot of people that run Yanny races have emailed the crap out of them to make these points, <laughs> you know, most people want to run CC. So they sent me this email and they're like, we've added your races. So <laughs> still, so I get these random emails. It's like, how many points? I'm like, I don't know. But, you know, it's, I, I do think, you know, I tell people I volunteered at probably, you know, three to four races before, uh, you know, I ran my first race ultra the 50 miler there. And I learned so much by volunteering and being part of the community. And, always explain to people if you're injured or you haven't run ultra like come out volunteer help like uh this this we have to keep that our what makes ultra running um so awesome we have to keep it right if we all if it becomes commercialized we lose it right and i i run some big races and um uh they're, they're, you know, they're, they're okay. They're fun, but I do prefer to go to Alabama and run Mount Sheeha. And, uh, I know the race director runs ultras, right. And I've always been big in, in keeping ultra running in the hands of ultra runners. Right. So I, uh, if, if you're a race director and you don't run ultras and you put on ultras, uh, I won't be there. And I'm probably going to talk shit about you. Like I, <laughs> I, I can't, you know, I feel like you got to pay some dues and you should know what these people you've invited to your race are going to go through and what problems they might encounter. You know, when, when I'm marking trail, I'm not marking for, you know, Jason who knows the trail I'm marking for what it was like for me the first year of running these trails. Right. So, and, and that's what, if you don't run ultras, you haven't paid your dues in them. I think you will fail to, you know, you, you, I, I just think you don't understand what is happening with right. people out there. Right. Right. And also, you know, the theatrics, some people are dying and I'm just like, you need to get up and start moving. You know what I mean? Like you, you need to know when to call the ambulance and just call a spade a spade. <laughs> you know what I mean? So. Well, I, I'll have you know that Phil is the the one runner who got lost on a straight rail trail hundred this you year. Have at your to bring race. that up. I did have to bring <laughs> it up. I'm sorry. <laughs> he got lost at the Yeti 100. So there's oh, one yeah. there's one point. It's probably I'm gonna say sixty uh, ish miles in. You're kind of heading up from Damascus towards uh, White Top, and and the the trail kind of you know, curves a little bit like to the left and there's like a little spur that kind of goes straight. And if you're not really paying attention, you can go straight. Phil was not paying attention. And, you know, I was running on this one section and I remember one of the things that you said at the start was there are no cars on this entire route. You cannot drive a car on this trail. And I am like running along this dirt road. I then hit a main road, a tarmac road. But I tell you what, people are incredibly nice. Like I was just pulling over like people and i was like do you know where the virginia creeper trail is and they're like i've no idea i was like are you sure it's around here somewhere and um you know i was like i know that i'm off course i don't know what i'm doing i mean i pulled over three cars and then someone who was a uh, a crew said to me oh you gotta you gotta go back down that road i'm gonna go meet my runner so I'm running down this road. At this point, there's like eight cars behind me going to meet their runners. I'm like, I'm not letting any of you through. Like, no, I did. I stopped and let them all through. But uh, it was just... It was did, I not, did I not give the speech that every weekend oh, yeah, get on bikes and somehow make it to oh, I'm so embarrassed. Um, <laughs> you know, I had, the, I had the, the... It was the perfect storm because... I was off course, and I think there was one crew there, 
and they'd set up in the wrong place for their runner. So I ran past them. They were under the trestle bridge. And um, that was what I think gave me that little bit of confidence to keep going. <laughs> Just like, oh, it's proof. It's their runner. But, you know, you're you know, in the wrong place. So I, I don't know, what people, I know, I know where you're at. And I, I don't understand why people go there to crew anyway. It's so hard of a place to yeah. get to. Well, they so. had to climb up this super steep bank to get up to yeah. their runner. Yeah, I mean, I, I finally figured it out. And I was like, oh, no. Yeah, and it's, it was, it's really, it's only a couple I miles. I've met so many nice people. So now you're you're one of two known people that I know about. See, see, you're really supposed to keep shit like that to yourself. He would have. He would have. Yeah, I, 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 I did try. That's why there's two of us. Really That's why there's two of us, so nobody gets away with anything. <laughs> but did, did you say it in case you didn't finish that you had a, a valid excuse? <laughs> no, after I did that, there's no way I was not going to finish. I, I was like, you know, you're getting some uh, some serious extra miles here. You know, getting to meet some local people. Yeah, because sometimes I'll be at the finish and somebody come around. They're like, "Oh, I have to drop out. I got lost." I'm like, "No way, not at the hundred, but other races." I'm like, "No way, no, no." <laughs> so, I, uh... I, I but but way to bounce back as someone who's <laughs> been off course and, and just probably two months ago, <laughs> I came into an intersection at this race and it was just crap, right? Like arrows going everywhere. <laughs> and I ran like two miles off. And I have to tell you, it's hard to get get it back, right? Like yeah. I was in a good groove. and uh, It is one of the well most and, discouraging things well, in the I world. Just, yeah. um, all, all of a sudden you're passing people uh, for a third time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I think that's when I didn't see the um, Amy because she must have been coming back. So, and I was off course. So yeah. that was a shame. Oh, you missed her that time. That. <laughs> I missed her on that time. And, uh, oh, yeah, it was, it was a, a little bit of a disaster. But it was, you know, I rallied. So, so that I'm, was good. I'm very happy. <laughs> I think the only other person to get off course didn't finish. Uh, oh. oh, there you go. So, so you're at the end of one. Nice. Um, <laughs> the next so, thing you say, one idiot did go off course and he saw 10 cars, <laughs> even though he knew. <laughs> I mean, I know what you're talking about. And there's a little train sign on. Yes, on exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, a few people said, I think I know where you went off. Because, yep, of course, yeah. I told everyone at an aid station that I saw. <laughs> it did make me extremely sociable, though, after that. I was like just stopping and chatting and hanging out at aid stations. So, <laughs> oh, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I'm just going to enjoy it now. Just really super chill. I, I have to say the volunteers that come for the Yeti 100 every year are probably some of the best I've seen. And, you know, some of them come year after year after year. And Yeah, that was so know, good. It, I tell people it's one of like, uh, I get really jealous that I can't run the race, you know, like so. Um, and I, I get that way about the 50K too. And I, I'm like, man, I'm this is like right in my wheelhouse of what I love to, you know, like I want to run this race and, you know, so, and, you know, I just, if something ever happened and I was running, it just would not be okay. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, no, it is a fantastic group. We, we do have to ask the one pressing question for every, that everyone had at the finish line, which is, will there be a lottery in 2022? So ultra sign, I'm talking, I don't want there to be a run lottery i want there to just be a get up sign up but yep. i don't think ultra sign up can handle the traffic um so it'll just be like a one day where you whoever signs up between nine to five eastern um because one thing i did one year we had like people in front of computers for 45 minutes because of lag time yeah and i, I never want to do that to someone right like uh, we have better things to do than try to sign up for a race for 45 minutes so that's the reason i I truly want to get away from the lottery where you just get up, sign up. Uh, I think it's pretty good. You know, if you really run in, you just come volunteer and you buy a pass. Any, you know, like, <laughs> so I, right. it's not a, but I, that's what I would love to just get up, sign up, but I don't think older sign up can handle it. And right now I'm really committed to them. Um, you know, it's ultra runners, yeah. you know, buy ultra runners for ultra runners. Yeah. So, I try to stay committed to to that yeah. uh, site. 
No, that's good. Phil, um, Phil has crashed their site before. I know trying to get into uh, trying to get into Vol State. It's yes. a, <laughs> I think it's, I think twice he's crashed trying to get me into Vol State. I think once you yeah, had it's very frustrating, right? Like when you're yeah. trying to sign up for a race and you're sitting there looking at the checkout cart and it's just spent. You know, you're not going anywhere. I, I, you know, and and we have to. I have to worry about people's time. You know, a lot of people have all sorts of different jobs that run the races and they might not have time to be in front of a computer for a damn hour. Right. Yeah. So uh, I think for this year, it's the fairest way possible. We used to do a one year. We did it for like two weeks and that was very like anticlimactic for me. Like, you know, I, I think you just at the end of the day, you get put in the race and you, you, you know, right. start training. Right. Yeah. I think two weeks, you're just kind of like, uh, you know. So, as someone who put a ticket in the Western States lottery every year, you know, waited <laughs> and waited years. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and if I, it finally got drawn. You know, so. we're, we're still waiting. We're still waiting. <laughs> I, I used to, there's only, I'm going to tell you what solved the problem is uh, if you just get a bag of powdered donuts and watch the lottery, your name will get drawn. So, you know. <laughs> All right, Phil, we'll keep that in mind. Just our, don't think it's your year and it'll be your year. <laughs> for our lottery watching party, I'll I'll bring the I'll bring the powdered donut. That sounds good. Uh, and you notice like even Western States keeps the numbers uh, uh a real people, you know, want that to be this large race. And I have to tell you, I it's a good intimate feel with Craig and the gang and, and it if you ever get a chance to run that race, it, it is amazing race. And uh, the people that are with it are amazing. And I, I see sometimes people comment online. It's like, you know, it's just a race. I'm like, no, it's not. No, <laughs> it's not. Yeah, no. I've, I've been out there. I, ha I haven't gotten to run it yet. But that was my introduction to ultra running was was volunteering, doing medical there. And then I've, I've since been back a couple of times to crew and pace. And no, it, it's it's everything it's cracked up to be. Like you said, it, it that, that whole... You know, it's a big race. It's obviously, you know, the most important and, and probably well-known race uh, domestically. And but it still has, like you say, by ultra runners for ultra runners. And that spirit is 100 percent shines through the entire time. Uh, it, it really is a special, a special event. Uh, and I, I since Craig has taken over a, a RD role there, um, I think Western States were just getting better and better every year. And uh, I. You know, Craig is a great person and he's he's waited for my slow ass at the end of American River 50. You know, he, I don't know if anyone knows this, but he has never DNF this uh, Craig, the RD ever. You should, you know, and he runs at 100 percent all the time. So, well, we, we can fun. fix that because we had AJW on uh, oh. a, a few months ago. <laughs> And he came oh, on. Yeah. We, we we had a question that I think we're going to ask you too about his work, his 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 best DNF story. And he said, "I have you know 199 races. I've never DNF'd." And I shit you not, it was a week later he had his first DNF. So we can fix this problem if we get Lord Balls on the show. <laughs> <laughs> we, get, we, we get that famous yeah. pain cave jinx. Oh, it's the pain cave. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jason, we're going to do we're going to do 20 questions, which is what we do with all of our uh, recent guests where we're, we're trying to do a, a bunch of, you know, kind of uh, rapid fire uh, ish type questions. You can go as long, as short as you want. But, you know, some some, you know, what, what we're trying to do is kind of get a sense of what different how different runners approach the same problems, but also just to ask some some different questions that you may not have gotten before, even though you've done a thousand podcasts and everything else. So. Um, okay. All right. You ready? Here we go. Phil, yeah. Phil, give give us our first question here. All right. Uh, what is the toughest race that you've ever run? Uh, H9 50 miler. It's in August in uh, right outside of Atlanta. It has about 17,000 feet of climbing. It's about 58 miles and it's like 98 degrees and about 90% humidity. Oh, fuck. Wow. Okay. <laughs> That fits the bill quite nicely. <laughs> <laughs> I, had a, I had a question I forgot to ask you before. You mentioned that you lived outside a state park in, in Atlanta. What what park is that? Because I spent a little time running in Atlanta. Sweetwater Creek State Park. Yeah, sure, sure. Okay, cool. You um, know this park? A little bit. Ta Tyler Perry now owns all the land around. State oh, really? Park, oh, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, all right. What's your go-to aid station food? 
<laughs> uh, I have no go-to food, but, but I have a go-to drink a shit ton of Coca-Cola. <laughs> <laughs> As do we. Perfect. Yeah. That'll save you. Um, I'm going to do a the... fireball for that. Oh, yeah. I better as well, actually. <laughs> um, what is the best book that you've ever read? Oh, gosh. Um, this is a very... This is tough because I love to read. Um, you know, I think probably the book uh, when I was uh, 12, Breakfast of Champions. Because, uh, uh, Vonnegut, it's yes. It's kind of the book, the book where I open it up and, uh, you know, there's an asterisk at the top and it was, here's a picture of my asshole, with my asshole. It's like, <laughs> and, you know, I just... You know, things change with me and reading at that point. So I, I, I love Carvana. I go so. back to that book all the time. That is such a classic. <laughs> Phil, you know where he went to college? Kurt Vonnegut? Yes. Uh, I'm guessing it was Cornell. It was. Good guess. Oh, wow. Wow. Do you cross train? <laughs> um, I, I'm not, not, I'm not counting purpose. drinking. Not on, pur <laughs> not on purpose. So. <laughs> Do I... Uh, do I climb with the ice axes and ride a bike? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that counts. Perfect. <laughs> what is your um, pre-race go-to meal? <laughs> oh, and I before. guess beer is kind oh, of a... <laughs> oh, uh, beer uh, and pizza with friends. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, we talked a little bit about this before. What motivates you when things start to suck? You know, just the, um, you know, every, like I said, being an RD, I draw on people who I see cross the finish line. So I think about their experiences a lot when I'm dealing with my own. Yeah. Nice. I, I don't have any like traumatic childhood experiences to draw from. So I'm like, <laughs> Good. you know, my brain searches <laughs> from everything. I think when you were talking about Tom earlier, that kind of summed up some of that as well, you know? Yeah. yeah. That was Cool. Because you know um, when you're when you're hurting, like uh, Havelina, I was just really hurting from the heat and you know cramps really bad, like exhibiting a lot of heat exhaustion symptoms. And you feel like you're on this island because people come dancing by you, all chatty, want to say jokes, you know. And you feel like you're the only person hurting in that moment, right? Yeah. <laughs> but and I have to go to these experiences, and, and luckily. When I went in the aid station, I saw that it looked like a med med tent in the in a war, right? So I wasn't <laughs> alone. So I felt, yeah. I felt better. So I, I think I try to always tell myself that uh, I, I'm not alone. There's other people struggling, right, and hurting also, right. And this is sometimes the point. Yeah. So true. Um, if you could compete in any non-running sport in the Olympics, what would it be? I'm a skateboarder. With skateboarding should be a, shouldn't be an Olympic sport at all. But you know, I would dare say like I could be into curling. I think it you know would be pretty yeah, nice I'm, to you know I'm like to be a part of that. Have you have you ever done curling? Have you ever done it? No, I grew up in the South, man. We don't. No, have I know that's what I'm asking. <laughs> it is. It, so I've I've gone curling twice. It is super fun. It is way way harder than it looks. I mean, not like I, physically straining harder, but it is like. I, it is a definite, you know, fine motor skill that I do not possess. I, I feel like I'm into it. Like, this is like the Southern boy in me, but I feel like I'm into and anything you need special shoes to do. Right. You know, <laughs> <laughs> the whole time I'm watching curling, I'm like, look at those special. What, what do they have? What are those shoes? <laughs> That's going to be the next Hoka shoe. <laughs> Hoka curling. Hoka curling. Hoka, uh, what are they? Hoka stones. Um, okay, quick one. Speed work or hill work? Oh, hill work. Yeah, that's the right answer. Go ahead, Phil. Um, <clears throat> what is the worst injury that you've ever had? <laughs> uh, a full Achilles rupture. Oh, uh, shit. Yeah, I, was, I was in a mountain accident, so... <laughs> surgery? Yeah. Not surgery for one to rebound from. <laughs> yeah, no. Did they, did they have to reattach it? You needed surgery? Uh, so I went to a, a sports ortho that works with like athletes and, uh, they recommend it because, uh, run races really slow that 
uh, I do early weight bearing and I had like a good projection for, you know, like uh, mountain type running. You know, if I, you know, shot three pointers for a living, you know, they would have definitely done surgery. Right. But right. Uh, quick rehab, uh, I think full rupture, you know, as Frankenstein walking out of a cast in about eight and a half weeks and wow. then summoning a mountain about nine weeks later. Not pretty, but, uh, you know, I, I, you got there. Yeah, it's in like 28 minute miles. <laughs> that's actually pretty good, though. A six, six month turnaround yeah. from an injury like that. That's actually yeah. not bad. Um, what's your favorite race? Oh, man, this is so I tough. Know, that's a hard um, one. I, I will say, I tell people H950, uh, the one that my mm -hmm. hardest, the hardest race that I've, I've done. I've finished it several years in a row. And, um, it, it's the one that makes me feel most alive. Like, uh, and it makes me feel like, uh, uh I get to know myself quite a bit <laughs> in 58 miles. So to me, it's a very perfect race and it, it takes a lot of a grit to get to the finish line there. You need to come and do Manitou's revenge up here sometime. It's, uh, it seems similar to H nine, you know, I, I keep um, seeing, I have seen that and I, I keep yeah. putting, trying to put it on my radar. And It'll be really up your alley. I mean, it's a uh, very tough, burly trails, you know, 15,000 feet again, 54 miles. It's, uh, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> Put that on your calendar. I think you really I will. I, I will. I keep seeing it and I'm like, man, I need to add that, you know? And it has a great community as well. Yeah. Like it's a really, you know, a lot of people there that have done every single edition. I think there's been eight at this point. Yeah, it sounds um, about right. You know, no, it's, it's, uh, that's a lottery too, right? Is it a lottery? Um, or is it, uh, you know, it's, it's a lottery at this it, point. We can get you in. <laughs> oh, awesome. I'm not yeah. much of a runner, but I'm one hell of a professional hill walker, by the way. Yeah, oh, yeah no, you'll, you'll be, be well. fine. You'll be well. Now, Phil, Phil has a problem where he has to recommend this race to everyone, mostly to inappropriate people who should not be attempting this. But you, you would, you would, you would love it. You would actually love it. You're one of the few people who I'm not going to yell at him for recommending this to. Um. um Oh, no, your turn. Right. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, what's the funniest thing that you've seen at an ultra? <laughs> I, I don't. <laughs> so, I, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I can't disclose <laughs> because right. someone will know it's him. But I, one of my funniest, greatest moments is uh, the person who taught me to run ultras, Dave, um, you know, I run in like Cruel Jewel, very hard race in Georgia. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, he, we are deep into this and it's been raining for like seven hours. Finally clears. It's like four in the morning. And he was like, Jason, I need to talk to you. I need to talk to you. And I'm like, dude, there's nowhere to drop. Let's just keep moving. Like, you know, we're <laughs> 12 miles between eight. Sessions. He's like, no, I need to talk to you. I need to talk to you. And I'm like, we're not going to drop, dude. Like we can't <laughs> drop right here. There's nowhere to drop to. And he was like, no. And he grabbed me by the shoulders. And he was like, I need to tell you something. And he was like, sit the fuck down. You know? So I sat down, like, just on the trail. And he looked me in the eyes. And he was like, there is a ghost that's been following us for the last three months. So, I mean... I just was that laughing awesome. so hard, tears were. <laughs> that is amazing. I was just, wow. I was, so it was a pretty funny moment, and it's one I can tell. I have, I have a bunch, but I, the people yeah. here there can be like, well, "We'll have to buy you a beer next time, and uh, we we'll see you in person." And it's hard being a race director and spilling people's beans. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh. What race is on your bucket list? Oh, you know, um, I still need to do the X Alps uh, Verbi 800K. Um, it is probably the one the most I've run parts of the course. To me, it's the most beautiful, one of the most beautiful courses to do. So it's on my bucket list. Awesome. All right. What is your go-to karaoke song? <laughs> 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 um <laughs> as someone who doesn't sing karaoke i guess it would have to be tequila right whatever you know <laughs> <laughs> i will say uh coming through damascus at uh i don't know whatever time it was you know 
70 some 80 some miles in 85 miles in or so running through running past a karaoke bar at about you know two o'clock in the morning or whatever time it was that was something oh that was hilarious (laughs) yeah you know one thing about folks in Appalachia is they love some damn karaoke right like you know what I mean I mean like you know like you will walk in there and have like the you know, not just one book, but like seven books, or something, right? <laughs> yeah. People like they just like they show up there to sing, right? So, and I tell people all the time, like you want a good show, you just go to the karaoke bar in Appalachia. Like you don't need <laughs> George Jones is dead, but he's not tonight, right? Like someone's going to sing yeah. like the perfect rendition of Bartender's Blues for you, <laughs> uh, Tokyo and Western Virginia. <laughs> Uh, what's your worst DNF or epic race failure? Western States. <laughs> Tell us the story. So, yeah. So, you know, six, what, seven years of qualifying. Yeah. Um, I give, uh, my, num- my name fold and, uh, I show up and I'm, I'm, I'm pretty ready. I feel good. And, um, uh, I didn't account for, so I was going into the first Canyon, um, and I was just like hobby jogging down in the Canyon. It's very hot, but my heart rate was through the roof. Right. And I lost, like, I just couldn't breathe. And, you know, you waited so long to be in this race. Yeah. Right. And you just keep pushing, pushing. And I just would be in a slow and I ended up in a walk and I couldn't, my heart rate was through the roof. Right. So, you know, imagine going all this way and making 45 miles and having to drop out for some, something you never faced before. Right. And, um, so that evening, you know, it's just, you know, just the saddest moment. Right. And I, it wasn't like I was hurting my stomach, any of these things. It was something that I just couldn't be explained. Right. And what had happened, uh, we eventually found out is, uh, right when I got on top of the escarpment, like <laughs> it's been a dry year and I guess motorcycles, there's a lot of like just fine dust and it just for, you know, the next hours yep. I was just breathing in and, uh, you know, I, I, I it had something to do. So I spent the next like four days, like coughing, taking medication, you know? Yep. And, you know, I was, I was so, you know, I can't explain the feeling of, of, you, you know, I would show up and qualify like pin Hody 100 and like chasing this dream goal. Right. Yeah. And because I'm a true fan of ultra running and I, you know, uh, wanted to go to the birthplace of hundred milers in the country. And I have to tell you, it was the hardest moment ever, but it, it really taught me a lot. Right. Like it, I, I, I got, and I was like, you know what? I got there, right? Years and years. I made it to the starting line. And, you know, life, life, I need, we all need stuff that we fell at, right? I feel like uh, in this day and age over the last few years, uh, we all just play it safe. And yeah. so I I was happy. And, and to me, that's ultra running in a nutshell also. Sometimes you're just not going to make it. And I, am I not going to make it was on uh, my dream race, which which makes me love ultra running even more these days. So that's a, know, it's a great ask perspective. Me if I'll go back, um, I would, you know, yes, maybe. I don't know. You know, uh, I think there's a lot of great races and uh, I still go back and cheer people on every year. And I like to be a part of it and uh, uh, seeing everyone. And I it's hard not to dream about running around that track. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> But that's, I mean, that's exactly, that's why we're in the sport, right? I mean, if it was easy, why would we do it? Yeah. Right. 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 And it's, and, and this is it, right? Like you, we all need opportunities to fail and that's uh, why we run ultras, right? And, yeah. um, and, and because when you do make it to the finish, you feel pretty damn good, right? Like, yeah. you know, you, you've accomplished something at that moment. And, and like I said, this is why I like skateboarding. You, you fell all the time. Right. And there is no win. And 
I think things people just want things very safe these days and they want to know the outcome. And ultra running is one of these things that you just can't determine it, no matter how great you are. Yep. No matter if you're Jim Walmsley, right? Yep. Yeah. And you had the best year ever, you still go to UTMB and blow up. Yep. Right. Yeah. And, and and I'm sure he loves that, right? Like he's just like Right. No, it's it's the failure that gives it meaning sometimes. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. That's great. Go ahead, Phil. We're almost done. All righty. Um, who is your all time favorite runner? <laughs> this is very tough. Um, personally, um, I have always enjoyed watching Anton uh, run. Um, and I think that him coming in the top three at Leadville this year really energized the sport of ultra running. And if it isn't the performance of the year this year, I will <laughs> ultra running is off tracks. So I, I think he embodies what ultra running is and he's very natural at it and to watch him run and race and, and be free in the mountains and Hills is what we all dream of. So he, he is someone I definitely look up to. Um, and also, you know, um, uh, a couple other people, uh, that, you know, show up to my races. I, I look up to them and uh, uh, what they've done for the sport of ultra running. So, As, but on the scale of everyone knows, yeah. Anton is pretty awesome. Yeah, um, huge inspiration. As somebody who was yeah. both there this year to see that and also has a vote, that's not the performance of the year, but it might be the storyline of the year, but uh Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I hey. felt like he, I felt like you know I talked to a lot of uh, people, uh, Havelina that you know was in ultra running, and they also you know felt like me too. Like it was this moment, right? Like, it was a moment. Know, like, it was a hundred percent. Yeah, a like, moment. Yes, yeah. yes. No, I mean <laughs> Jake got a nice picture of himself. Lance. I was still, I was still worried that he showed up at the finish line with the shirt on. That's, that's what called. That's what happens when you got to be sponsored. <laughs> <laughs> But there, I, I really uh, think he's inspiring to a, a lot of mountain runners. Um, it's one of the reasons I started climbing. And, uh, yeah. you know, really him and Killian, right? Like uh, they, you know, you want all the mountain tools that you possibly can have. You have this great running skill to go all day in the mountains, like take an axe with you, learn to climb, take a rope, right? Like yep. those guys have really led the way. Yep. Um, do you play an instrument? And if not, what instrument do you wish you could play? <laughs> I do not. I am <laughs> horrible at it, but I really wish I could play the violin well. Really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Why the violin? There's too many like creepy dudes playing guitars. So <laughs> I feel like <laughs> I feel like if you show up at a party and you rocking the violin like some <laughs> classical pieces. Come on, you got all the pocket full of numbers, right? Like, <laughs> there you go, Phil. That's a lesson for you. <laughs> Someone proved me wrong. <laughs> Guitar dudes don't get. <laughs> there's too many of them. You're right. Too, too they're all, they're many, all right? over the place. You turn up to a party and there's like five guys with their guitars. Yeah, imagine me showing up playing the devil went down to Georgia. It's over. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Charlie right. Daniels, um, if, legendary stickman. If you could go man. for a run with anyone, living or dead, who would it be? Jeez, God. What the hell, guys? Sorry. Don't, they don't have to be a runner. It could be anybody. And they don't have to be a runner. I mean, when I say a run, I mean, you know, it could be a quick walk, stroke, you know, <laughs> hobby jog. You know, this would be uh, maybe... You know, I'm very, uh, as growing up in Virginia and uh, reading, I, I would like to understand who Thomas Jefferson was and, and understand, like, you know, <laughs> what it all meant, like what everything was intended for, right? Like, yeah. uh, uh, what freedom of speech, like, you know, it was supposed what to was be. What was that supposed right? to be, yeah. And, and you know, and, and, and it's very easy to say it was just, to promote democracy but you know I, I would just like to ask all those questions about i i think our founding fathers are well beyond you know i, I just would like to understand you know 
what they had intended, what Thomas Jefferson had intended. So and I've always answer. stand behind someone who built a school and the motto was uh, for it's for the enlightened, not the privileged. Right. Yeah. Uh, so UVA. So <laughs> awesome. That's a great answer. I love it. Uh, I have what may be a difficult question for somebody who's been in the alcohol business for a while. What's your favorite beer? Oh, I can't answer that. <laughs> I, uh, so how about this? I, I've been in the craft business for a long time. Um, go-to beer is like these days, I will tell you, go-to style, low ABV hoppy beers, right? Like I just want to drink three of something and not be drunk, <laughs> right? Like, Hard to do these days. <laughs> so, so like a session IPA or something. Yeah. The other night I went to a brewery and I had like two really good beers and they were like eight, nine percent. I didn't realize it. And I was that's like it. walking a little sideways. Just right? sleep. Yeah. I can't even do one and, at eight. Oh, that's so strong. Yeah. I, I, and like when I'm on a, a boat with people, like I don't drink like domestic big beer rice, you know, because we represent all these craft breweries and uh, I, I like want to have a few beers all day, but you, it's hard to do drinking IPAs, right? Yep. yep. So, yeah, totally. uh, and you want to have a couple, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so uh, I, you know, and I'm not into non-alcoholic beers. I, you know, I don't, my brain has some mechanism, but they're very popular and I'm sure they're very popular for the reason I just stated. You can have a few, right? Yeah. You yeah. can have like, one, two hazy IPAs and just switch to NAs so you can keep drinking with everyone. Exactly. Exactly. I'll use this opportunity to shout out Athletic Brewing. Use the code JasonF20 for 20% off your first order. We distribute their beer. So. There you go. Good. Perfect. Two more, right. Phil. Go ahead. Um, okay. Uh, Jason, who would play you in a movie based off your life? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um, God, what is that? You know, what is the dude that used to host like um, MTV? I forget this guy's name. I don't, I don't know who played I would hope Burt Reynolds would play me in the movie of my life. Ooh, you know? that's but, good. You know, so. That's a good one. That is a good but one. I, there's this guy I can see it, like a <laughs> MTV uh, uh, Carson Daly. Carson, right? right. <laughs> I need this guy to play. Me. <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> oh God! All right, last one. Uh, what changes do you see in ultra running over the next five to ten years? Oh, so definitely big growth, right? So we're going to see probably the amount of finishers almost double in the next five years at races. Uh, so we'll see a lot of that. And we'll see, like you said, we'll see more uh, brands try to enter the market, right? So you already saw Hoka get purchased, you know. So we'll see a lot of more corporations try to enter the world of ultra running as now there's a little probably money to be had by these corporations. And then you'll you'll uh, still see a plethora of little small backyard races um, uh, as the kind of alternative to these big World Series type events. Yeah, I don't think the I don't think the grassroots races are going anywhere. And, you know, even no, even no. for myself as a as a fan of the top level of the sport and, you know, somebody who right wants to run you know, Western states and do all these big races and, and everything else, you know, as, as this has kind of gotten more consolidated, I, I'm, I'm finding myself drawn more and more towards the, you know, the backyard, the community races. And I think people are going to go that way. I mean, not, not you know, they, they true. Yeah. yeah. And I think uh, what you do, what people will do is probably what I do. And what you guys do is we run like several local ultra races with friends and families small like as training runs we have fun and we're just you know uh, all in preparation for this a goal races right. and we'll see those a goal races you know western utmb you know we'll see them right like and that will be people's goal but yeah people will still you know there is some kind of support system in those backyard races that can't be replicated in yeah. big races right and, yep. and you need to cut your teeth somewhere and you need to you know 
run a hundred K with friends and a 50 K and 50 miles. So, yeah. Yeah. And even when we talk to, you know, some of the top guys, I mean, we talked to Max a few months ago and, you know, that guy's raced all over the world and, you know, he's been sponsored forever and he's run all the big races. And he still says his favorite races are the ones where you can just sit down around a fire and have a beer at the end with the director and everybody else. And, and that's not going anywhere. Yeah, no, that dude doesn't age, by the way. Oh, God, no. <laughs> like, no. I feel like he just gets faster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's ridiculous. Him and Jeff, I'm it's like, crazy. I'm like, I'm like, I started and that dude was running like for, in massacres through the shoe like, you know, like, like and now like still turn I'm like man this guy's still like smoking fast like, unbelievable just does not stop unbelievable and the greatest range of of any american distance runner ever i think just <laughs> yes. unbelievable jason this was so much fun thank you so much for coming on this was uh, this yeah, was really great thank you guys so much i really appreciate it and uh, yeah, thank you for amazing. having me uh, we're we're going to hope to see you again in, in September, if not before that, but we're, we'll hope to be down uh, up in, up in White Top uh, on the starting line again. That, that it yeah. was, it was and, one and of our favorite experiences to, to come in June uh, for the 50 mile or the 50 K it's point to point to Wolf Hills Brewery. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah. You can't so, beat that. And, well, assuming, and assuming we don't get pulled in the lottery again, assuming we don't, or assuming we're not in uh, in yeah. Olympic Valley in June, we'll be, we'll be down there. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, guys, and, and, and I really hope to see you next year. Thank you so much. Thanks to everybody for listening, and until next time in the pain cave, keep putting one foot in front of the other. Broken down and beaten up, the years have been long and tough, but I'm not dead. Happy now just to spend some time with friends and have a roof above my head. I'm not jaded, just been faded. Like a good old pair of jeans Rusty like a proud old car That's drove a little too far And seen too much rain But long ago as a child I look about the night sky And wild wonder man And ride the bus feel upset To think of all the years I'd have to go through there I was still young I was still young And I was still young